Hey everybody, thanks for holding tight. We are now returning to the podcast and here is some music to get the energy levels where they need to be. Here we go. Three, two, two one. one. We bought a house and then we moved into the house. Didn't have internet. But that's okay because we do now. All right, here we go. Podcast above the fold. Podcast. So. That was a really good last note. I'm Bree. I'm Josh. And this is our podcast that we've taken just a little, um, you know, like just a break from. Because who doesn't need a break from their favorite hobbies? Right, exactly. I think they, they call this a hiatus, yeah. if I've read it in the dictionary correctly. Uh, yeah. Generally means we we relaxed and we got our bearings, and then now we're doing it again. We're so. really doing it, so uh-huh. watch out. But um, let's see. When was the last podcast? I have the website up. See, we don't know. We don't put we... the dates on there. Aha, we do not put the dates. Well, I know it was probably in the summer, early summer. Yeah. No, no. You know what? End of spring. End of spring, because right. we were talking about buying a house. Yep. Right? Yep. So, uh, end of spring, we did this podcast. Our last episode was 18, so we're on the 19th episode. Yeah. So, we are really, we're really, we're really kicking now. Really uh, today we're talking about quality, quality assurance, assurance. Mm-hmm. and what does that mean? Well, we'll find know. out. Okay, hold on. But um, we're of course talking about quality assurance when it comes to websites because that's really the only type that we're super familiar with at this point in our life. Precisely. So we'll talk about that. That's the topic. Um, and but we do want to catch you up on what we've been doing because I know that you've been wondering and please stop uh, sending me texts late at night because I'm trying to get some sleep mm-hmm. but um, we did we bought a house and we are we're currently in the house right now believe it or not mm-hmm. in one of three bedrooms three bedrooms you hear that folks that's one two three all for sleeping some for dreaming now, uh, if we told you that we set up our equipment and, and started going right away, that would be a complete lie. We just spent about 15 to 20 minutes fiddling around trying to find a good spot for this podcast. Mm-hmm. One of the issues is that we have beds in each of our bedrooms because we were like, hey. Mm-hmm. They're not very large bedrooms either, so the beds take up the majority of the space. Yes. So, um, yeah, we are just kind of tight right now with where we're sitting, but we're looking to uh, reorganize and redo how we've set these rooms up because we're going to be podcasting all the time. All the time, now that we can just, you know, mm-hmm. just do it here. So we moved into a new home, and everything's been real nice. Just one thing is that um, it's been like two months since we've lived in this house, yep. and we just got um, fiber internet. Fiber that is a very fancy new technology. Mm-hmm. The issue, though, was that we just got we it. We just got it. So yes. that's where we were at with that. So we were just waiting patiently. Mm-hmm. Somewhat patiently. Mm-hmm. Rather impatiently at times. Mostly impatiently. What did we do while we didn't have internet, Bree? We just talked about all the things that we could be doing with internet. Mm-hmm, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did have a direct TV. So that uh, satisfied our entertainment cravings um, mm-hmm. every now and then. 
there were things that uh, we had to do on the computer because, well, we're planning a wedding. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, frustrating. Sometimes we went to the local library. That Mm -hmm. was like one time. So, and then other times, which was a couple times, we went to just a coffee shop to, Mm -hmm. you know, browse the internet. We went to the Hy-Vee Market Grill Cafe. Very nice, nice establishment. They have Wi-Fi there. Mm -hmm. Used that until closing time. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, other times we just had to tether our our phones to our computers using the one bar of signal we had to perform emergency tasks like sending emails or um, rebooting a server at work that crashed overnight. Sure, yeah. But um, I think we're we're very happy now that we have the internet. Very happy. It's uh, for those of you interested, forty megabits down and five up, which is a pretty reliable connection since it's fiber. Yeah, pretty affordable too. Mhm. Mhm. So it's a new area that we live in, and um, it was hard, I think, for us because they did not have a timeline on when they would be able to set up the internet. So we just, you know, we had nothing to go off of. And um, in my job, all I do is timelines. So mm-hmm. I was just, I did not know what to do with my fingers. Mm-hmm. So. In my job, all I do is develop things. And uh, it seemed like they were not developing whatever things they needed to do quickly or accurately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, yeah, we escalated it up to supervisor level and basically uh, spoke with them daily for a couple months Mm -hmm. so if i ever see any of you guys in person uh we don't really we don't have to stop and talk or anything just a nod just a nod and a you know also you know gift basket or a curtsy (laughs) do people do curtsies in public anymore if they didn't then they should okay that's polite okay Mm -hmm. okay so we've moved we've got internet we're back, and um, Josh, how does it feel to be a homeowner? Well, it feels good. Um, it feels different than being an apartment and rentee, uh, a tenant, as if you will. There are things that we have to do that we didn't have to do before. Like? Well, grass. We do that. Weed, marijuana. Mm-hmm. Uh, about daily, we get down, we pull up the, the reefers, and we do them. And it's not kidding. only us, it's the dogs, too. The dogs really are interested in, in the grass. Um, but what I'm talking about is, uh, since this is a new property, sod was installed um, right before we moved in. Now, the deal with sod, as we learned, is that it needs to be watered very frequently. Um, so, you know, gallons of water Gallons and gallons. Hundreds of gallons uh, yes. each month. Um, and so, to, to help combat that, we try to purchase a water sprinkler uh, timer, and mm-hmm. that means you, you put, put it in the faucet on the outside, the spigot, and hook up two, and, and it was a splitted, split one, you hook up two hoses with sprinklers on the end, and then you time it, so it goes three times a day, um, nice, you kind of drop it and worry, you know, don't worry about it. The issue was with that is that they got wet, and then it broke, and yeah. then it would just keep running. Which you'd think they would make it somewhat waterproof, but not really at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it got not wet. at all. So we did return it to Lowe's. We did get a new one, and it did the same thing. <laughs> and then we said, you know what? F it. That's right. And uh, now we water it by hand. Um, 
that was during the hot, hot June, July months. Now it's it's gotten a lot cooler, and we've gotten a, a little bit of rain, so it's not quite as important. But yeah, um, and our grass has started to become more established. But we do have a couple dry spots, which R.I.P. grass. Pour one out for you. Yeah, I'll figure out what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is hard harder to grow grass in this area too because of the quality of the soil. Mm-hmm. So we could get into that, but I'll just leave it at that. It's okay. it's a little bit harder to do. I don't know the logistics there. Um, other things that grass has dealt with is dogs. Um, do you want to talk about uh, hard? Are you talking about peepees on the grass, Josh? Peepees on the grass, Bree. Now, if you look you, out, well, that's just, this is a you know, this is a known fact that if you pee on grass, everyone, it's going to change colors. So watch it. But um, you can feed your dogs these little tablets, and it's based on their body weight. So you can feed them these things, and it's supposed to help not turn the grass yellow. And I'm not entirely sure that they work, but that was instructed to me to be feeding both Finn and Tucker these tablets. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but I think those areas should probably bounce back to green eventually. And you know what? I've noticed that there are some greener spots out there than the rest. And I'm wondering if that's from the poop. If that's from the what, Josh? The poop. Uh-huh. You do know, you, very well could be. Do you think so? Write us. <laughs> Above the full podcast at gmail.com. That is okay. actually a real address. Okay. So. But anyway, so... Being a homeowner is a good thing. It's a good thing. It's nice to have a place to come home to that's your own. Yeah. I recommend it for those of you interested. Mm-hmm. Shout out to those of you who uh, are looking forward to moving out to out west. There's a big thing going on in my office right now that uh, everyone is uh, ragging on West Des Moines and Waukee, saying it's too suburban. Uh-huh. So I've um, heard that from people, too. They say they would never move out here, mm-hmm. but I'm saying... It's pretty cool. Um, one big thing is that we do have a pond in our backyard, and um, so sometimes we look at it, and the the ducks and the geese, um, they enjoy it too. Yeah, so that's pretty nice. Geese come in for landings, and oftentimes they'll jump right out of the pond and start migrating across the kind of uh, prairie that is the back edge of our yard mm-hmm. uh they have their own circles and cliques mm-hmm. gangs and Bloods. i haven't seen any weapons yet but i'm sure they have them buried in their feathers yeah like knives and stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, really sharp rocks that they've just been saving the right moment chiseling <laughs> yeah yeah so it's a really quality life out here mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things to look at so i don't know why people don't like it yeah it's pretty quiet too yeah so know? far Mm-hmm. So, well, let's take a break because okay. this is just, just going over on. the roof. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, we'll be right back. So listen to this break. I think you're really going to like it. Uh-huh. Hi, man. This is Tanya from Ready to Rockety Cocket Party Buses. If you're looking for a night to get wasted before you and your woman take vows to marry each other, let's find you a cake lady. All right, here's some tips for your bachelor party. Eat me off a sword. Hit a putt-putt golf and throw the clubs at each other. See a magic show and tip your waiter. Buy a bottle of whiskey and chug. In the night, singing sweet songs to each other. Just your favorites, man. Don't be embarrassed. Sounds good? Well, remember, I'm Tanya, and I have a school bus with your name on it. 
Seriously, if your name is Robert, then it's all set to go. Alright, call me, man. Welcome back to the Above the Fold podcast. My name is Josh. My name is Bree. Today we're talking about quality assurance in regards to websites. Mm -hmm. But first, we want to tell you about some things that happened recently. Mm -hmm. Bree, have you seen Trainwreck the movie? I have, you know, and I think I saw it with you. Well, I'll be darned if you didn't. Uh, Trainwreck is starring Amy Schumer. Do you want to tell the the listeners a little bit about it? What you thought? Well, it's a movie, and it stars Amy Schumer. Well. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of following her and her dating life, and, uh, you know, Bill Hader also plays a pretty big role in it, and, um, you know, I think the real shining star in just a few lines was B- Vanessa Bayer. Ah, uh, um, Yes. So we love we love her. If you haven't seen the little bit of her um, on late night, Seth doing her little uh, post, where where did they go? Amsterdam, 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 Amsterdam. Um, <laughs> put your pants on one pants at a time. Mm-hmm. Listen to that. What the heck uh, in the world, Bill? <laughs> Bill Hagar is uh, you know he they lost her. Mm-hmm. Okay, but go and watch that. Um, Trainwreck was a funny movie. Uh, you know, Amy's been um, just screaming the praises of that movie to us out on all the, the social medias recently, but it really is a good movie. And you know what was also exciting? What? Was that we actually saw the woman in person we at a comedy saw festival. At a comedy festival. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, that was the Oddball Comedy Festival. Um, now, it's a tour, right? It's a tour. And so we went to Kansas City to see the first show of the tour mm-hmm. and Aziz Ansari is the headliner yep. and then Amy it was you know second up to bat with that uh, but almost equally as popular I would say with her new kind of fame of her show on Comedy Central and her comedic genius and that movie mm-hmm. so um yeah, so we saw that in Kansas City at the Starlight Theater. Starlight Theater, which is an outdoor theater. And uh, when you think of outdoor theaters, you think, well, what about the weather? And we were pretty lucky until uh, about three-quarters of the way through the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the middle of Nick Kroll's set, Nick Kroll of uh, Parks and Rec and The Kroll Show. And um, um, is he in the league or something? Yeah, I think I so. Yeah, um, but if you like Amy Poehler, you should know that they've held hands plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know what we mean. Anyway, uh, of middle of his sometimes. set. <laughs> middle of his set, the lightning struck and thunder bore down, and the rain started to pour. Really, in. get into it, Josh. What <laughs> happened? And then the guy this is came Nick Kroll out on stage. Is it raining or something out there? And then you hear the audience go like, ah! and then someone from the the venue came out and said, okay, folks, uh, we've got a thunderstorm warning, so we need you to take cover. And there's these little strips along the side, and everyone's like, what? And so we get up, and we go to the side of the venue, and we're hiding. We were, we were <laughs> hiding. Hiding from the rain. Josh, hide. Hide, hide. And um, we stood there for probably a good 25 minutes I did, uh, prior to departure of the night, I went to Walgreens and bought a couple ponchos. Mm-hmm. Not the 99-cent ones, the seven ninety nine ones. Mm-hmm. Okay? They were... If there's anything that's going to protect you, it's a little bit more expensive poncho. Right. I'm um, glad you did that because we put them on. We did. Came back out after about 25 minutes. Pretty much the whole crowd came back for Nick's last half of the set and then Amy and Aziz. Mm-hmm. 
and it did start to rain a little bit again. It did, yeah. So I'm really glad I had that poncho because everyone else was like, what the heck? Yeah. In the world. People were bonding over those ponchos. They really were. Our, our neighbors to the right of us also had some matching colored ones. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Um, who else was performing? T.J. Miller, um, this lady named Bridget Everett, um, Rachel Feinstein, Feinstein um, um, lots of people. Some other guy yeah. that was well-known. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Yeah. It was a good show, and I recommend seeing it if it's coming to a city near you. Yeah, you should look for tickets right now. Right. Stop what you're, just stop the podcast stop. and go look. You don't even need to listen any farther, yeah. probably. Um, yeah, I just think it was cool to see them in person. Mm-hmm. Any chance you get, if you like somebody and they make you laugh, you should probably go buy some tickets to see them. Yeah. And the best part, they didn't let us down either. It wasn't like, oh man, mm-hmm. they're kind of lame. They mm-hmm. were really funny. Yeah. Highly recommend it. So that, we went to Kansas City and then, uh, and then I went off to Chicago later that weekend to an event apart. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Well... Um, it is a conference and it's held in other cities as well. I went to the one in Chicago with a couple co-workers who are designers and they talk a lot about web design and coding and new technologies, a lot of CSS. And so as a project manager, I think it's good for me to be exposed to all of that and to understand terminologies and, um, you know, see what is new and upcoming be aware of all that so it was good Mm -hmm. um and uh you know a lot of it too is taking away little bits and pieces to improve your process because i do i handle a lot of the web process for everybody and telling them okay we're doing this and then we're doing this so um a lot of good takeaways from that uh there's three total days we just did the first two days Mm mm-hmm and do you think you have like specific things you can take back to work now or is it more motivational type things um i i do feel like i have some specific things i can take uh, mostly in just the the website discovery mm-hmm. uh, portion of it so That's good uh, and then as far as um you know what design things since i'm not a designer i'm not the one sitting at the computer doing that that's more of the other people but at least I can give them ideas or have you thought of trying this or, hey, did you know that you can do this? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. yeah. Um, and then cool. uh, mon- that Monday night, listen to Shop Talk podcast. One of my favorite podcasts. Um, yeah. So I was a bummer that you didn't get to yeah. see it live. But it is a live episode. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if it's posted yet. I'll have to listen to it. I yeah. hear they gave you a shout out. They did. So when you listen to it, uh, and you hear them talk about Des Moines, I was given a big thumbs up big for the fact up. that that's where I was coming from. Des Moines is a big and, city. Uh, I think they were referencing something about it's a great place for new technology and getting a career, but you don't, <laughs> you don't may probably paid. don't make a, a big salary. Mm-hmm. Darn uh, it. We'll see about that, guys, okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Whoops. I'm sorry. I just hit the microphone um, anything else that we've we are planning a wedding and so yeah. that's happening in like um you know a little over so, than a month yeah a little under six weeks now so please ask me how wedding planning is yeah. going how's I'd the love wedding to tell going? you mm-hmm. um really and don't ask josh because he doesn't know anything i don't know anything i say well i don't know, well, I don't know. it's going really you should well for go me. ask brie um 
What do you have? Any, are you stressed? Do you have anything else left to do? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have things left to do. Quite a bit. Okay. Uh, uh, I mean, do I, I? I don't know. That's a that's a great question. Um, and if you need me to answer it, I will. Oh uh, yeah, I'm excited. I don't know what my tone is saying about this, but <laughs> I'm excited for the part after the wedding, which is called the honeymoon. Oh yeah, why is that? Um, because we are going to Cancun. Oh, yeah. And that means there's going to be a sun and... Surf. Well, surf and waters. And food and drink. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit of sleep. Um, and it's going to be for a week. And I'm pretty darn excited to mm-hmm. take a little break. So we need to buy Josh some more uh, swim trunks. Mm-hmm. I keep asking him or and reminding him that we need to do that. Mm-hmm. More than one pair. Yep. So if you have a favorite brand of men's swimwear, send us a tweet at podcast underscore atf <laughs> just just right. write the brand don't write uh-huh. anything else we don't need the we extra thoughts we know what you mean okay get it together mm-hmm. um that's what is happening in our lives we've mm-hmm. really crunched it down to a 20 minute version yep and appreciate you listening so we'll take one more break so you can go potty and then we'll come back and we're going to talk about quality assurance with websites, okay? All right, let's stand up the fold. Hey, ladies, I'm Chunky D from Chunky D's Limo and Horse-Drawn Carriage Service. It's bachelorette party season, and I'm here to give you some tips for having a safe and enjoyable bachelorette party evening. First up, ladies, you're going to want as many penis-shaped straws as you can find. Seriously, you got to order these things in advance. They sell out quickly and they make or break a party. Secondly, ladies, and I'm telling you this for your own good, you don't gotta go home with a man. But if you do, you want to call a mother first. She needs to give a verbal commitment for that evening's events. Seriously. Finally, ladies, don't forget to have a good time. You're out there getting square with a bunch of your friends, and you're most importantly, the bride-to-be. So call and get a limo from me, Chunky D, and be ready for having the time of your life. Welcome back to Above the Fold podcast. This is Bree. This is Josh. And we are seated and ready to talk to you about quality assurance when it comes to websites. And this is a topic that uh, we both take very seriously. And that's what we take from it. Bree, what is quality assurance? I think it is... The process of making sure that the product that you just created does what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. So, like thinking broadly, if you're making a toy doll, the toy doll's head doesn't fall off when you touch it, right? <laughs> yeah, if I tap the head, it needs to stay relatively uh, stable on the right. body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and usually you can go through various tests Mm-hmm. and processes to make sure that the product that you've created it is sound and that it's not going to hurt anyone and that it's uh, also not going to, I think, harm the credibility of your brand. Right. Um a big thing. Like the skin on the doll causes cancer would be a real bummer. Mm-hmm. So. I think, like, recently, I don't know why this example is coming to my head right now, but uh, was it Jessica Alba? Yeah. And she had like, um, I'm just going to fact check myself right now. Yeah, she had some like 
lawsuit against her honest company and mm-hmm. they had some sunblock that wasn't actually blocking the sun yeah and which... kids were getting really badly burnt yeah so something maybe was missed in their quality assurance of their product because the sunblock is not mm-hmm. protecting the skin in popular culture uh one of the most famous quality assurance people is creed bratton from the office and he works in the quality assurance <laughs> Department. D- department. Creed never really is sure what he's supposed to do. And then, uh, you know, he has a, a great pal named Debbie Brown. Debbie Brown. And, Poor uh, old Debbie Brown. She will never get that money in mm-hmm. the card. Yeah, watch <laughs> We're the episode. We're sad to see you go. <laughs> is, it, is the episode called Quality Assurance or is it called uh, something like that? Uh, yeah. But um, check it out on The Office. But what we're talking about today specifically would be quality assurance when it comes to website projects. Yeah. And um, I guess in a nutshell, what is what does that mean? Well, and it's essentially just saying the product is the website. Yep. And um, I think, and certainly for any product, there's going to be you know levels of depth depth and how much you're going to go into that quality assurance. Um, also abbreviated QA. Mm-hmm. But for a website, I think there's a lot of things that you have to pay attention to. And it's one of those things that um, sets the good the good web agency apart from the bad. Because the client shouldn't get a website with a bunch of broken links and um, proofing errors in the content and things not working the way that they thought they would, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that would not be good. So I always budget, you know, as much time as possible to QA a site before I give it to anybody, mm-hmm. even internally to look at. I would rather check out all the bugs and everything before I say, hey, check out this. We're going to show the client in a few days. Mm-hmm. So you could consider QA as part of a part of the process, just like any other thing, like design, development, discovery. Where would you place it in the process? chronologically well it really i think it depends on your web process so if you follow more of a build it test it build it test it mm-hmm. flow then it goes along the whole way and it really should um i mean even in your design process if you're usability testing okay there's a little bit of quality in that is the design mm-hmm. good so um but i think a big bulk of it that I see as a project manager is at the end of the site project. Before the client sees it, I check it all out and make sure that there aren't any issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about issues. Um, issues I don't know. management. Issues management. Uh, there's, uh, I guess, a number of things that you need to check when it comes to quality assurance on websites to make that make sure that the product is working. Um, one thing you mentioned is broken links. That's kind of a big, ugly thing. Um, that's not something that's as easily noticeable as some other things. Um, it's something you have to go in and you manually check, or you could run a tool to do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, things that are a little bit more noticeable would be like broken images, um, broken layout on different devices. Um, spelling errors would that be considered QA I guess uh-huh yeah, yeah. Yep. content content issues mm-hmm. um, but I would say some of the trickiest stuff would be the broken layout issues um, 
having having to do this myself and I can talk about that more in depth later but uh, trying to get a web project to work on every device you know modern device at least and working for the user um, is really tough and probably a big portion of that is just browser testing mm -hmm. and all the little bumps you can hit with that Definitely. older and like your client always uses the oldest version of ie and you're mm -hmm. just like why though but they have some <laughs> software that works only on that version so that's why they constantly pull it up on their computer and unfortunately then that's the browser that they use to check the website at yep. first yep so uh so yeah mm -hmm. what types of browser issues do you usually find like stuff like the CSS doesn't work the same on all browsers or what? Yeah, um, there's a number of things that can go wrong. Um, you mentioned IE, Internet Explorer, the older versions will cause you many, many headaches. Um, major things to look out for um, that we try to account for are responsive designs uh, before Internet Explorer 9, the media query tag or uh, um, de definitions don't get recognized in Internet Explorer 8 and lower. So that means if you've defined anything past like a mobile first view, it won't get rendered in Internet Explorer 8. Um, other things like CSS properties, buttons, uh, those will get rendered differently in different browsers. And um, mo more recently, I'm running into some JavaScript things. Um, JavaScript will break in Internet Explorer 8 due to a a weird bug that isn't present in other um, browsers and that's just really tricky so um, a tool that we use at my company happy medium um, is called browser stack it's a subscription service but um, you can literally just go to pretty much any browser version on any operating system and get a uh, real-time remote controlled view of it so you can look at it scroll and click on the links and see what's breaking take screenshots and all that stuff it's really handy really worth the the uh, it's not really a cheap service so but you do get the the use mm -hmm. out of it for sure it's better than having to buy all those devices yeah and do all that mm -hmm. um, i use that one too mm -hmm. um yeah that's browser testing um that can take a while mm -hmm. um I guess to talk about our process a little bit more, we really started getting into quality assurance as of late. I realized it wasn't uh, a priority before, and since I'm leading a team, it's a huge issue since I'm supposed to be um, setting the standard for all that stuff. So we've started a shared checklist um, of all browser types and all um, operating systems that are sub that we need to test for, and then just go through each one of them in browser stack by hand and um, write down a list of all defects and bugs and then fix those. Um, generally it takes you know three to four hours of testing to get through our QA um, browser test process. Mm -hmm. um, how about you? What do you what do you guys do? Um, well I, I get the site after the, de de the, the developers work on it um, and I mean, yeah, we have a similar ticketing system to document all the bugs. And um, so I guess 
I kind of just oversee the whole process, but again, I go through and I think one of the big things I bring to the table is checking all the content because I know what it needs to be and I know what it needs to look like and the design as well. Like I know that that needs to be centered or left aligned, whatever. So I'll check those kinds of things. Um, and then just overall functionality, if I find problems, I'll document those as well. Um, but I, I like to set aside like two weeks at the end of the project to mm-hmm. just go over it. And if you really have any less than that, um, it's hard because, I mean, you could spend that first week just finding all the problems. And, and after looking at a site, for so many days in a row you just your your mind is exhausted of it and you're going to start to miss things Mm -hmm. so you need to have fresh eyes look at your websites so if you just have the same people looking at it they will miss things Mm -hmm. and then you'll look like an idiot when someone else discovers it it's like this is so obvious and you're like well i've been looking at it (laughs) for five hours a day here at my desk and i missed it talking about exhaustion and just looking at things a long time how much qa do you do uh, before you have to say okay this is good enough uh it's probably around saying like the do you mean like how many problems are okay to say that we'll, yeah. we'll eventually fix that do you say about that for any problems or do you say um sometimes you know it's sometimes it's my opinion sometimes it's based on the client so mm-hmm. if we find something that's wrong if they're okay with it going live then we'll still take it live mm-hmm. um i don't know it really depends i think every site that you launch it's like about 80 percent complete you're not going to ever launch something that's 100 percent complete right. because looking at it like that means okay you wipe your hands clean and you're, you don't think about it anymore but mm-hmm. so i think it really depends and sometimes I struggle with that because I am such a perfectionist that if this is not working right and uh, somebody knew what the expectation was from the beginning but they didn't meet it, um, I would really like to see it fixed before we go live. Mm-hmm. But if there's a deadline to meet, then part of my job is assigning the priority to those tasks and saying, okay, this issue that I found before, let's forget about it. I'd rather you focus on this thing. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people just need that at the very end. Right before a site goes live, there's a lot of chaos and, you know, pressure to, okay, got to get this done. Um, And you need somebody that can just delegate and say, do this, forget about this, so on. Mm -hmm. I think one of the um, biggest things that I try to do for my process is thinking and empathizing with the end user uh, and with the client. And if I see an issue, I'm asking, is this going to directly affect a user's ability to get um, something done? Or is it going to directly affect the brand presence of this client or the experience? Um, is it is it going to be noticeable? Um, in that case, if it's definitely not, and it's like, well, this is like a tiny bug and it's going to take a lot of time to fix because I have no idea what it, what's causing it. Sometimes that can get um, pushed back and delayed and potentially it turns out not being an issue later on too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say if a client notices it and requests that it's fixed, then I, I you better 
be fixing it other, other otherwise have a really strong argument against it or a proposed alternative solution but uh, I think empathizing with the user and really thinking putting yourselves in other people's shoes comes a long way when you're trying to decide what stuff is has higher priority mm-hmm. that's my experience mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's uh, an, a necessary step throughout the the web development process and then right at the end I think is when it really heats up because um, after everybody puts all their hard work into the product then other eyes get to look at it and they get to start to critique it and a lot of times people's opinions get in the way and if one person thinks that something should be changed um, do you just go and change it and it depends on who that person is, but, um, I mean, yeah, you should always do something with the eyes on the end user, which mm-hmm. is your customer. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't just be because so-and-so thought that this should be darker or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that goes back to almost the discovery process and looking at the goals set during that and why are you building this product to begin with Um, Mm -hmm. and is changing the color of that background image to be red like gonna get more sales for your product if so then yeah go for it otherwise you have to kind of remind the stakeholders and and focus on things that are more important too Mm -hmm. it's part of management which is what you are Mm -hmm. keen on um, I think something I'm just thinking about this now is more like QA um, as far as like disability testing. Mm-hmm. Do you like um, disable CSS and stuff and check that? Because mm-hmm. I don't I don't even know that I fully know how to do that. But no. I think that's something I'd like to start doing more of just seeing, okay, it, you know, what does the site look like in the eyes or ears of somebody who... Uh, has issue or has a disability when yeah. approaching it yeah um, and it and i think it also it depends on the type of client that would definitely be suited for a governmental yep. client over others um based on the audience going to those types of sites mm-hmm. um I'll, I'll be the first to admit that's the one of the things that we don't do a great job at and i think we would be in good company with lots of companies and agencies out there. They just don't think about accessibility because they aren't blind or deaf or touch impaired. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think, like you said, turning off CSS, that would show you essentially raw HTML. Is that easy to navigate? Are there essentially helper links? Are there labels on your forms? All that stuff. Um, really important stuff for screen readers. Um, disabling JavaScript, that gets really tricky these days. Most A lot of sites and applications are built with these JavaScript single-page frameworks, and that would kill your entire application. So um, in limited case, JavaScript disabling would be helpful. Um, something that I try to do is go through and, and see that alt tags are added to images. Mm-hmm. That's not only important for accessibility, but also for search engine optimization, and just in general, you should be doing that no matter what. Um, having schema on the pages is helpful. Um, just little things that I guess you could put in multiple categories, whether it's just good development or, um, little things that sometimes get forgotten, Mm -hmm. making, doing a final sweep and making sure that stuff is set could also be considered QA. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your experiences with QA? Let us know on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Actually, we don't have a Facebook page, do you? Do we? Um, I think it's just not it's just really not in the public. I don't think I've officially launched it. Um, site speed also. Yeah. Is this thing fast enough for everybody who has other things to be looking at? Mm-hmm. Do you do site speed testing? We do. And that's usually when we go back and make a lot of improvements. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times that is after the site goes live. Mm-hmm. So I'm always looking for ways to make things super fast and interested in how people know how to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, do you um, do have we have we talked about site speed on this podcast before? I don't think we I don't have. Think so. We should do that an episode on that. That's a lot of stuff. Hold your thunder. Uh huh. Hold your thunder. <laughs> uh, lots of stuff to be told about site speed. So we'll talk about that sometime. Mm-hmm. That has become more of an issue too over the last year or two, just because everyone's on mobile data plans and um, it's really getting out of hand. The size of home pages have ballooned, and um, if if your thing is super slow to load on any device, then that's going to impact your success. So yeah, important. Mm-hmm. Any other quality assurance related things that we do um, for websites? Mm. I guess we, we could talk about the role, like um, QA. Literally, you and I are doing that at our respective jobs, and I'm a lead web developer, and you're a project manager. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times you hear of companies that have a dedicated QA person, like Creed Bratton on The Office. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about that? Like, Do you feel that... I mean, obviously, it's not below either of us. No, um, I'm all for it. it. In fact, else. I would do that for my job, too, because I am so picky, and you need someone that is going to be pretty picky. Mm-hmm. You don't want someone that's going to come in and just wipe the whole thing with, well, I didn't like how this looked or whatever. I mean, if that's the approved design and we've already moved forward with it and the client approved it, then I'm sorry, but we're moving forward. Um, but I could totally do that. And I think I almost had, like this weird vision when we bought this house and we were going through and looking at everything and Mm -hmm. making sure that uh, the appliances worked and looking for chipped paint and -hmm. putting blue tape everywhere and it's like yeah I'm pretty like focused on that task I mean I put up so much tape in here yeah um, just looking for little things and it's not to say oh you guys did a bad job or anything but it's just you miss that Mm-hmm. because you probably were in a hurry at the very end or, you know, somebody didn't get a chance to look at it, whatever. I think that there are really there are benefits to having it be a separate position. Um, mean, I guess it, having someone who's separate from the development design process, like you mentioned before, if you're looking at the same thing forever, you're not going to notice things that are broken. Um, also you get kind of emotionally invested sometimes in projects that you really like. And if something's broken, you tend to be like, ah, it's good enough, you know, sometimes, sometimes not. Um, but on the flip side, I think the fact that our developers are doing their own QA, um, it helps us become better developers too, because we notice things that we're doing in our code that can be prevented in the future, or we can do it a different way in the future. And we know, oh, this breaks IE, this breaks Firefox. 
um, we avoid those things in the future. And I'm sure you notice things too that are broken and how to prevent those types of things from future projects. Mm -hmm. So I think especially on smaller teams that we work on, having QA just in-house on shoulders of everyone really is important. I mean, even you say your boss does his own form of QA Mm -hmm. on his own and sends you stuff and people are all kind of watching and seeing stuff that breaks. Yep. So, yeah, the you know, just the more eyes you can get on something, honestly, the better, you know, even if they're just, you tell them, hey, try and, you know, perform this task on the site. And they say, well, I tried to fill out the form and then I got this error message and it's because they typed, you know, 200 characters in that box and it only had capacity for 100 characters. Mm-hmm. You know, something dumb like that that we would want to make sure we discovered that Mm -hmm. so yeah it's just having more people on your team to help you out and make sure that everything's good before it goes to the client Mm -hmm. so that is qa in a nutshell and uh what else i think that's a really good qa a very Quality, quality discussion, discussion on, on quality, quality assurance. assurance and uh yeah go watch that episode on the office mm-hmm. um unspeakable acts unspeakable between acts. cartoon characters <laughs> so yeah well, well um uh you know that's been us on this podcast and we've been gone for a while but we're mm-hmm. back follow us on twitter at podcast underscore atf subscribe to us on itunes um, just above the full podcast mm-hmm. into your podcatcher of choice as they say on the Shop Talk show uh, give us a five star rating it helps everyone find us uh, and, and, give us a and I'm looking too. for people to find me okay yep and if they don't we're not doing a good job marketing ourselves oh gosh <laughs> uh, yeah okay anything else uh, no I think uh, just stay above the fold okay <laughs> <laughs>